Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back as the Horns Up Talk in Texas podcast. Fisher Disopolis, DJ, Nikki Snacks, Kreider, the Quan Cosby is in Vegas, I doth believe, celebrating Derek Johnson's Hall of Fame induction. Shout out to a friend of the show. We're going to get him back on soon because we're going to the playoffs. DJ, all right, a little fun one for you guys here today. The boys, we're going to give out some season awards. The season was so good, we're going to give out some season awards. All right? Let me just quickly start by saying. Go for it, Nick. We already chimed in about how Sark did not win Big 12 Coach of the Year. However, he is in consideration for College Football Coach of the Year. Is Gundy? The entire, what was that? Is Gundy not? Sorry to cut you. Is Gundy nominated for that? I don't believe so. That is weird. That is. So uh, yeah, like, I mean, dude, Brett Yormack is a joke. Brett Yormack's a joke, dude. Is he not? No, he is. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't know. You guys looking like I'm crazy. Like he's a joke. That's what it no, is. I mean, we. I feel like we covered it on the last show. We 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 know how we feel about Brett Yormack. It's the yeah. same as how the Longhorn Longhorn Nation feels about him. Like, what are you saying, Nick? Yes. Just saying, like, if the fact that Sark wins Coach of the Year for the entire college football season of all the conferences, yeah, didn't win Big Twelve Coach of the Year, just a straight up joke of how it was handled all season long and you know, petty little Yormack in big 12. Yes. Well, I, I do have a, I have a question about it though. Does, when is the voting finalized? So if we make it all the way through, we make it to the national championship, the college football final, um, is the voting finalized after that result? Cause if so, I think you're getting new information about Sark, right? I'd imagine that it's the awards go out before the college football playoff, kind of like the Heisman does. Yeah. I, I but even think still, so. you got new information. The fact that he took a team that's never been to the college football semifinal and he finally got there. Not, not only that, but he won the big 12 championship, which on their last year out too, with a yeah. gigantic target on their back. I think it's, yeah, I think they have, it's a regular season award, but who else are you going to give it to? You could give it to the you know the head coach in Washington, Kalen DeBoer, but like that's a I mean that's a good option. You could, yeah. could give it to Norvell. I mean, at the end of the day, they're undefeated and they had you know two backups play. Yeah, it's kind of like a hey, it's like a consolation prize. Like thanks for playing. Like here's right. fifth place. Yeah, you could. Um, but I, I think Sark is as worthy as anybody, especially more worthy. Mike Gundy, Big Twelve Coach of the Year. All right, let's go to our personal awards. Let me pull it up right here. I accidentally X'd on out of it. Um, here's what we got. Okay, regular season awards, and obviously with the Big 12 Championship in play as well. Our MVP, our Offensive Player of the Year, our Defensive Player of the Year, our biggest surprise of the year, and unfortunately, our biggest letdown of the year. We're going to have everybody uh, in the fold on this one. Um, Toss, we'll start with you. Who was your MVP from the Texas football team 2023 season? Yeah, uh, this is this is difficult because there's so many talented players on our roster and so many of them 
were crucial to the success for the team this year. Um, I'm going to go with what I thought was our consistent strong horse throughout the season, which was our defense. And I'm going to give it to our, our defensive tackle. I'm going to give it to sweat. Um, I think without him, this season doesn't happen. And I think it, it all starts at the line. We often say in football, and I think he's, you know, he's the guy that Longhorn nation was, was saying deserved to be in New York and whether college football fans believe that or not, he was the guy that made us go. Um, and I know offense is so, so important, right. And especially in the last two weeks for us against Texas tech and against Oklahoma state, we really showed out and we finally got to where, where we wanted this offense to be, but consistently PK and the defense and specifically the defensive line fronted by, uh, sweat. Yeah. It's just, he, he has to be the pick for me, Nick. I'm going to do a cop-out answer and I'm going to just give us the entire defensive line by committee. Um, because at the end of the day, we've we highlight it all the time. I mean, Murph Byron Murphy's consistently in the top uh, PFF rankings for for getting ratings each week. Same with Sweat. You know, Baron Sorrell was instrumental this season into getting pressure on the quarterback. Doesn't have the sack numbers to go with it, but he was in the guy's face all year long. Ethan Burke, you know, coming out of nowhere. I mean, not out of nowhere, but still putting up, you know, as as a young cat on this defensive line and being the top ranked rush defense in the big 12 and you know a top five rush defense in the nation you know that's credited to the big boys up front and so i, I got to give it to them as a con collective unit and um i'll give an individual award to one of those guys when we get to defensive player yeah i mean oh sorry you gonna go no i was i was just gonna say you know our, our third down um defense was incredible this year and a lot of that has to do with our defensive line doing the hard and tough work on first and second down, especially stopping the run uh, and, and putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. I don't, Nick, did you mention Baron Sorrell? He just should be mentioned as well alongside our other defensive linemen. Cause he was, I think he's kind of one of the unsung heroes on, on that line, a ton of pressure always. And it's really good at beating guys around the edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of Hill, you know, but Burke Sorrell, like you're saying, uh, Collins, uh, Finkley, like a lot of guys are really good. Even Trill Carter had a sack this year. Like there's a lot of strong play on the defensive side of the football. I'm going to zag. I'm going to go. It's kind of obscure, but I'll, I'll tell you why I'm going to go 80 Mitchell. Um, I think he played every game. There were games where he wasn't like perfect, but there were games where he really balled out. Um, and I think the, I don't think it's a coincidence that he's going for a three-peat. Like, I think he really brought some of that championship pedigree with him from, from Georgia after winning back-to-back -back national champions championships. And he brought that to the wide receiver room. He brought that to the offense. He, he's so consistent. He's played himself into the first round. It looks like an absolute great move to come to the Texas Longhorns. And he's just he, he's just been such a revelation, such a joy. He's got 10 touchdowns on the year, which is fantastic. Averaging over 15 yards per reception, over 800 yards receiving. With, you know, Quinn missing time, Malik Murphy in. And that obviously hurts his numbers as well, if you really think about it. Um, but, yeah, he, he was probably start to finish with Jonathan Brooks getting injured, my most consistent offensive player. So I'm going to go with AD Mitchell as my MVP um, offensive player of the year. I will go with Jonathan Brooks. I know because at when push comes to shove pound for pound game to game. Yes, he does get hurt, but before he does, before he gets hurt, he's our best player on offense. And he is, yeah. he's in the Doak Walker award mix. Like it could have been him, not Ollie Gordon from Oklahoma state. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be a collective three yeses. You're going to Hollywood here, but no. All right. I mean, JB's been your guy since even since last JB. year. 
Um, but yeah, I don't want the injury to discredit him. I mean, it, it was towards the end of the season and, you know, he had been well over a thousand yards already and yeah, he, he, he definitely could have been in consideration for the doke and um, you know, it's unfortunate what happened, but I think just being a leader in that running back room, that's super young. It's one big aspect of the well, carrying all those other guys um, to, to have the success that they're doing right now. And, uh, you know, I think he he did things this season that we wanted Bijan to do. And that is no discredit to Bijan, mm-hmm. but it was just a play call, right? Getting him involved more in the pass and and letting him kind of do more with with his space that he's getting created for himself. But, yeah, it was it was an awesome season for JB. And, look, getting healthy is a big, big step here in the right direction. And then maybe you're returning for another season and kind of getting your draft stock back and seeing some more of them. Yeah, absolutely. Toss, yeah, you know, and I, here. I'm, I'm going to zag and I'm going to go with your guy, Josh, that you gave as MVP, uh, who I had, if I were to say my second MVP for our Texas Longhorns, it would be behind sweat Adonai Mitchell. Um, I, I completely agree with everything you said in every game where we needed a big play to happen about 70% of the time it was coming from AD Mitchell. And like you said, he was available throughout the entire season. I mean, you look at how many different talented ball players we have on the offensive side and a lot of them got hurt. Or a lot of them, you know, X disappeared in the first half of the season at certain moments. Jatavian got banged up. Quinn obviously missed two games. Um, Brooks, of course, you know, that that's a tragic injury, but he missed, you know, he missed the last three games of the season. So, um, and, and even, even Baxter got banged up. Whittington had games where he wasn't, you know, he was kind of nowhere to be found. The other games where he was absolutely crucial. A.D. Mitchell was a stalwart. He was consistent throughout. Um, he made some huge, huge plays this year. And, and I, I completely agree with you. I think it has to do a lot with, you know, the the coaching that he received from Kirby Smart, the pedigree of that Georgia program. If you go look at 2021, uh, the regular season, Georgia's playing teams, and you look at who's leading their team and receiving, you'll see a guy two years ago that was leading their team and receiving any given day, whether it was mm-hmm. Bowers or him or McConkey, like he was one of their core pieces. Um, and so the fact that the Texas Longhorns brought him in and there was seamless transition, like, there, there was not a step lost. I, I just, I can't even believe that that was the case. So he's, he's my, uh, my OPOY for, for the Texas Longhorns this year. And I'm excited to see which receiver steps up, but obviously X was knocking on the door. JB was knocking on the door. Uh, Quinn to me was knocking on the door for that award as well. Nice. Um, all right, go to toss defensive player of the year. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to have to zag because I picked yeah. sweat with the MVP. So I'll, I'll give this award to, to someone else, which makes it challenging because I think he was absolutely our best player on defense this year. Um, Nick, you mentioned Murphy earlier. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Ford. Um, I'm going to say Jalen Ford. I just think he was all over the place in a lot of games, um, especially in the first half of the season. He was, he was really, really active. He capitalized on uh, potential interception plays and he didn't just turn him into pass breakups, but there's a lot of guys that contributed honestly third pick in the category might even be Michael Taft because what that did, what that kid did as a walk on and then becoming the level of contributor that he was on our team is incredibly impressive. Yeah. It's great. It's really, really great. Nick. I'll stick with the obvious and I'll just say sweat. I mean, at the end of the day, every time he's on the field, he creates havoc and he really makes that team a lot better. When I played there, he reminds me a lot of a guy that was in our locker room. Um, Wasn't as successful as the team. Obviously wasn't anywhere near to the level of what they are now, but Malcolm Brown, big Malcolm Brown, who got taken the first round by the Patriots. Um, I remember him just being the vocal leader in our locker room who was always, you know, trying to give a pump up speeches and bring the energy. 
and you know everyone knew he was going to go in the first to early second round um and you know i think he just tried to make everyone around him better and i'm seeing that a lot in tavandre sweat i mean i think a lot of guys look to his leadership and you know i think he's super proud to to rep the burn orange and he's a very fun player to watch with just the energy he brings to the game not only playing but just kind of the, the personality that he brings as well with the jewelry and you know the swag and you know the heisman celebration that he had last week when he scored his touchdown that quinn delivered to him perfectly so uh, i'll give that to him and you know i'm really excited to see what he does in his uh his the start of his nfl career nice i mean probably a beauty of all three of us being different people like i I have Tavondre, you know, it's the given, uh, but for different reasons, like in different, you know, outside of the swagger and outside what he's bringing into the locker room and stuff like that. And I want to use the examples of like the on the field stuff. And, you know, we discussed before the show, we discussed with Joe DeLeon, you know, him being more of a two down lineman, right? Uh, a guy that's not really utilized in the past defense. He had two sacks this year, pretty good in college. He was third on the team in past of passes defended. As a D lineman, it's great. That's a serious as a serious that shows serious athleticism, and that's really important from the defensive line position. Uh, he was the number one rated on PFF interior defensive lineman. Byron Murphy was number two. Uh, he was the tops in run defense, and he was ninth in pass defense from the interior lineman. Uh, fifth in power five. Byron Murphy was number one in the, in the pass defense from from an interior lineman. Um, but he was top, you know, six in the power five in both. I mean, yes, he was. There was a kind of a pipe dream that he was going to go to New York. But this guy was the best defensive player on a defense that was top five in every category. You broke it down into the run defense, top number one in third down and number one in red zone. Like he he was such a massive piece to us staving off some of these teams, particularly the Kansas State game. Like he was really so prominent in that game. And, and that's one of the reasons why we're here today talking about our team so proudly in the college football playoff. Um, all right, biggest surprise. Nick, you start us off. Biggest surprise this season, positively. Yeah, positively. I mean, Toss, you already mentioned it. Michael Taff, anytime a walk-on comes on the team, has multiple interceptions in a season, you know, I think he did he have a pick six this season. I mean, he brought like a lot of just uh, great leadership, I think, and kind of just that longhorn spirit. When, when you have a guy who walks on to the university who – you know, probably could have played D2, D3 somewhere. He chose to go to UT mm -hmm. because he wants to get an educa education there. Probably grew up a fan of the team, you know, local kid and ends up earning his scholarship and balls out. You know, it's not like he's this athletic specimen. I mean, he's six foot listed at 189 and that's maybe on a good day. Um, so I, I've got to give him to the most surprising player. And, and you know, I, I had mentioned Dylan Haynes in the past, but I mean, this guy, Dylan Haynes is nowhere near what, what, Michael Tapp is because we've heard great things about what Quan says about Michael every each and every day he's in that locker room. Um, and I really think these players really gravitate towards him. Mm -hmm. Nice toss. Yeah. This guy is a little bit of a, a late breaking out, uh, not a star for us, but just a, a glimpse of what he could be in the future. And for me, the most promising thing going forward here uh, is, is not, the guy that will be our starting running back or our second string running back next year, but our third string Jaden blue and the opportunity that he was given and how he capitalized on that in the last three games of the season. Um, I, I didn't know what to expect. Right. And that's some of the other guys, like I would say 
probably the best example of this would would have been Anthony Hill, but I expected Anthony Hill to be a really solid player. Did he did he meet the hype and exceed the hype for me? Yes. Is that something that we're used to as Texas fans in the last seven years, a true freshman coming in and making the impact that Anthony Hill did? No. So should he really be the winner of this award? Yes. But I, I, I'm excited to see what Jaden Blue can do for our team going forward. And his speed when he gets into open space is really something. And, uh, you know, Keelan will be gone next year. But whatever capacity we use Keelan in um, in the offense this year, I think Blue will slot into that and, and even more so, right? And so we have this kind of three-headed Hydra going into next year. JB gets back and we've got CB and then uh, we got, we've got we got the other JB. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I was really, really impressed with him. I mean, he ended up the season Players. with four touchdowns and almost 400 yards on the ground as a third string running back. It's really impressive. Yeah, I mean, good call for you right there. Um, I'm you you teased one of our freshmen on defense. I'm going to go actually with another freshman. It's my biggest pleasant surprise. I, I've talked about him so many times in the show, but what Malik Muhammad came in and did as a freshman was absolutely fantastic. I think we kind yeah. of like you're saying, like, almost expected it in some ways from Anthony Hill Jr. Um, Malik Muhammad, I you know we had Ryan Watts, we had the we had Gavin Holmes who's done a nice job and he's come in from, from Wake Forest as, as a big transfer recruit. Um, and then we had Terrence Brooks and we've had, we have other corners in the team. Like just, we have other safeties in the team. We have bear and we have Thompson, you know, uh, we have cattle on not to, you know, tease another question we got coming up. Um, but Taffy you're talking about and, and um, Derek Williams, like we have so many good defensive backs for a freshman to come in here and be an absolute standout at the cornerback spot. Who's going to be so, so vital to us winning this game against the Washington Huskies. Uh, he was such a pleasant surprise for me this season. Can't keep him off the field. You can't. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been great. He's our, he's our fifth highest rated defensive player. Not surprised. Not surprised. Uh, so what's this number? This, sorry. Uh, he's number two in coverage behind Jaron Thompson. Who yeah. Are, I'm glad you're mentioning Jared Thompson. Cause I, in defensive player, I, I almost mentioned him. He's uh, to me has been our best corner through and through this entire year. Um, he's been really, really impressive. You know, Jade Barron, of course, has had his moments. Uh, I've always commended his tackling, um, but all of our DBs have stepped up. And who has like Jet Bush had several good moments. Yeah. Amanda had said like these guys like, you know, who kind of fall by the wayside behind the, the constantly mentioned guys, but those guys like deserve to be mentioned in some capacity. And, like this is, we had an all-star team this year. Um, but what were you going to ask? I was just going to say our, the next one is the most disappointing. Yeah. Your business, biggest, right? your most disappointing player. I know it's a bit negative and, but look, we have to call it how it is. We cover the team and, and, and you know, there are guys that sometimes just disappoint. So most disappointing player from the season. Yeah. I mean, I, this one's kind of obvious. It's a bit of a safe answer, I would say, because it's not necessarily picking someone out for their play, but the, the fact that they got hurt and I didn't get to see them play an entire season. So my most disappointing thing was that Jonathan Brooks got injured. And that was my most disappointing player because I wanted to see him go all the way to the college football playoff. Um, I wanted to see him win the Doak Walker award. I wanted to see him be heralded as the best running back in the big 12, as opposed to Ollie Gordon, who had a fantastic season. But um, I believe that Jonathan Brooks is the best running back in this conference and to, to not have him for those last three games, to not see where his statistics would have been, how he would have gotten the recognition as Texas in the final few weeks of the season got really, really recognized and people were tuning into what we were doing on the field, yeah. paying attention to us outside of us, Longhorn nation, who is always in the know on the burn orange team. Um, but it's just Jonathan Brooks, man, that it's, it's a massive disappointment. And I'm so I'm bummed for him that he, he didn't get to finish out the season. Yeah. Nikolai, I know you didn't love this, uh, selection just by your, 
you want to keep it positive, but one disappointment from, from yeah. Season. I mean, I don't ever like bashing players. I mean, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll say two things. So one, I'll give a, a disappointment. I, I feel like the secondary hasn't played their best season yet. And I feel like they need to take a, a massive step to really, you know, compete with these sec teams and to be taken super seriously. I mean, yes, we're in the college football playoff. We'll see how it pans out for us, but you know, there is a chance that Washington throws on our, on our secondary a lot and, you know, bloods yeah, up a lot of yards. It's a high a chance, pretty good chance. Um, and that just comes with age. You know I mean? Obviously Terrence Brooks and Malik, they're both freshmen uh, potentially getting a big recruit in Kobe black. Whenever he decides to announce, I feel like that's been dragging on, but you know, I mean, for all accounts, it looks like he's coming here. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a, lot, a lack of experience, honestly. Um, but I have to highlight one player. And look, at the end of the day, everyone played ball. They're they're in the, the college football playoff, and I think you know, it's a team team sport, and everyone's done their job. But one of your most experienced offensive linemen on the roster, one of the upperclassmen, Christian Jones, most penalized offensive lineman on the team, and I, I just. Look, at the end of the day, you got to clean up the penalties. Backing it up five yards, backing it up 10 yards, you know, it's just, it shoots you in the foot. And if you want to be a, a champion level contender, and maybe I expect that out of a freshman, but not out of a, a junior, you know, not out of someone who's played there before, who's been in this spot. Um, so you got to clean up the penalties. Um, and that's really the only thing I'll say. Yeah, he's a talented guy too. So they guess but as I'm saying, that's the knock. And that's not, look, I'm sure he'll knock himself on that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, like it, by and large, our offensive line had a pretty great season, uh, especially Banks, you know, who's going to be a first round pick probably next year. But uh, it's a good call out for Christian Jones to hopefully clean that up in the future. Um, Catalan's kind of the cop out because like we thought that he would be be pretty, you know, dope. And he really disappointed us this season. He's leaving again um, and won't be with us, but be with us for the college football playoff. It's a little harsh for me to say this, but I have to say Malik Murphy. Uh, in the sense that, yes, he filled in, he got his wins, and he did what he was supposed to do as far as like moving the ship along and moving the narrative along. I really wish he came in there and thought what th and and took the bull by the horns, and took the bull by the like the longhorn by the horns, and was you know a guy that we were like, okay, Quinn, you can go, or you know we don't need to come back. Like we have Malik next year. Now I'm sitting here a little in the back of my mind, like, and this is like you know best case scenario almost. All right, Quinn balls out. He kills Washington. He outballs out Penix. He goes and does the same thing versus two. It's whoever you play in Michigan versus Alabama to get past Washington. Both those defenses have pros, 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 and are very highly regarded. If he balls out against both, you know, Washington and the winner of Michigan versus Alabama, he'll go to the NFL draft. And I don't necessarily feel confident heading to our first season of SEC football with Malik Murphy. And Arch Manning, we just haven't seen enough of these guys for me to be like gung ho. We're in it. We're going to dominate. It's going to be a great first season in the SEC. I wish Malik Murphy gave me some more reassurance in his in his two starts that he had with the Texas Long. Yeah, and look, there are flashes, but also there were some flashes of a very inexperienced player that made you want to throw the clipboard on the ground and send him packing. You know, at yeah. the end of the day, like there were some pretty bad throws that he made and some good ones to go with it. So I think there was a lot of. Um, unrealistic expectations and i'm guilty of it as well i think a lot of people sure, thought that yeah, he'd be more of a mobile quarterback you know that he'd be able to run the ball more just the way he's built you know i think that people wanted to see him use his legs but at the end of the day he's a pocket passer you know and if you're a pocket passer you got to make accurate throws and there were some really bad ones in there but 
Um, I'll chalk that up to, you know, jitters at the end of the day, like first, first two starts, you know, in the thick of a conference, you know, championship race in the thick of a college football playoff race where every single game is super meaningful and you cannot drop it. And here's what I'll say. At the end of the day, two W's in the win column for him. So went two and I was a starter. Yeah. I mean, look, this was not, this was probably best case scenario, hardest category for us to pick players. Sure. Yeah. So those are our awards. I mean, amazing season by these guys. They, they absolutely, you know, fucking crushed yeah. it <laughs> on the recruiting side. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of people entering the transfer portal, so, you know, we'll keep you updated when we hear stuff, but it's pretty exciting to be in the mix for a lot of top recruits that, you know, technically are, are rated one, two, three at their position. I mean, juice Wells out of South Carolina, from what I'm hearing, it's between us and Tennessee and he's the top rated wide receiver in the transfer portal. Of course, you got Walter Nolan coming over from Texas A&M that I'm sure every team in the nation is going to be in on him. But, you know, he's a guy that's been rumored to potentially come to us or Tennessee or, or OU or, or Bama. So we'll see how it all unfolds. But, you know, as we've seen this season, you know, transfers play a big part in the success of our team. I mean, Josh, your MVP, Toss, your Offensive Player of the Year transfer guy. And, I think when you bring someone in from a different culture that's that's hungry to to maybe get to a different level than haven't been able to accomplish before at their previous program, or in a sense, you know, a guy that has achieved like Adonai Mitchell two championships and wants to bring that to a new new team, you know, it's valuable either way you look at it. Yeah, or cut his teeth and get his own now that he's given to the team and getting them two titles. Yeah, really, really well said. Um, all right, we'll see you guys next time with Q. We'll be back. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. We guess what? We're in the college football playoff. How can it be bad? Fisher DeSopolis, DJ and Nikki Snacks, Kreider, horns up, talking to Texas. We'll see you guys. Hook them. Yeah, she'll be loving Give me the McConaughey horns. <laughs>